born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts. This is an insert into the study in the book of Acts, because there's something I want to explain to you about the Apostle Paul. As we've gone through the book of Acts, we find that Paul was a very, very unusual man. God had given him a very unusual testimony. When you talk about testimony, uh, you need to understand, uh, you know, what, what does it mean? When, where, why, who, and what? And when you stop and think about it, some people can't remember the exact day or week or even sometimes the year. Some can't remember the experience, the moment. Uh, as you know, I can always refer back to, and I usually do, the day I trusted the Lord. Fifty-one years ago, in a little old living room where? In Athens, Georgia. Sound like y'all have heard it before. But I've given my testimony many, many times. Because that has been, after all these years, one of the greatest experiences of my life. I didn't know how great it was at that time. I just made a decision. But wow, what a decision. The beginning of the most wonderful walk a man can ever have. The Apostle Paul, boy, was he going in the wrong direction. And sometimes, you know, the Lord has to take, just hit you over the head with a two before. Or a bolt of lightning. Uh, well, he got the bolt of lightning. He really saw the light. He could really sing that song, couldn't he? I saw the light. And a lot of people need to be able to see the value of your testimony. You see, there's five major times that Paul gave his testimony in revealing various things. All of it's not in one. Uh, every time he told his testimony... He revealed just a little bit more truth. And you think, well, why didn't he do it all at one time? Get it over with. Because he used his testimony. And it depends on the situation, what parts he would refer to. You see, in the book of Acts in chapter 9, there is the historical setting of what took place. Um, it's just um, history of what happened. How did it happen? Who did it happen to? Paul got saved. So that's in chapter 9. Now when you get to Acts chapter 22, it talks about Paul giving another testimony. But this time when he gives his testimony, it's in a Jewish setting. He's talking to Hebrews, talking about the chief priest. 
So he brings out certain things in his testimony that deal with that subject. As he had made the statement, to the Jew I became as a Jew. So as he gives his testimony and starts off in chapter 22, I am set for the defense. And he makes that statement in the book of Philippians in chapter 1, set for the defense of the gospel. So when he made his defense, he's hitting it from a Jewish point of view so that they would understand where he's coming from. So there's things he will bring out there that he didn't bring out in some of the other places. Really made a guy mad, especially uh, Ananias, uh, the high priest. Here is just Ananias, Old Testament, there would have been an H in front of it, Ananias. But um, that was his name, and he was the high priest. And boy, whenever um, the Apostle Paul made the statement about how that I was simply obeying orders from the high priest to go and to Damascus and, you know, get these Christians, punish them. And then he referred to those things that he was doing as what a wicked, sinful thing he did. That didn't sit, I don't think, too well with the chief high priest. Because in the very next chapter, 23, it says, Hananias, the priest says, slap his mouth. Hmm. Slap his jaws. I, I wonder why until I studied it and I think I came out to the right conclusion. I, I think Paul offended him. He said, I did what I did because of the high priest and their orders. Because he was a Pharisee, remember. So in chapter 22, you have his testimony from a different viewpoint. Now, chapter 26, he's going before, you know, King Agrippa. When he goes before King Agrippa, you know, the, the Romans, then he begins to hit it from the Gentile point of view. And so you'll see Gentile, Gentile, King Agrippa, King, 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 King. It's a different viewpoint because he's using his testimony because of who he's talking to, to bring out some other things. And there's things he brings out there that you don't see in chapter 9 and you don't see in chapter 22. So I believe there's a reason for it. Now the other part is that you have the testimony that Paul gives about how bad he was. Paul gives us an illustration, part of his testimony, how bad I was. So he talks about his sinfulness, his wickedness. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 1, he describes in his testimony, telling about how bad of a man he was and how that God used him because he was to be an example. And if God can save him, as bad as he was, God can use anybody. And then when you study the book of Philippians in chapter 3, you find out he's talking about how righteous he was. Boy, was he a righteous man. Look at my credentials. Do you know who I am? And so there's a portion of Scripture that describes Paul's testimony about his righteousness. So you have these five things that are mentioned. And it's uh, good to, to know that. And when you read it, you see why he says certain things at one time and not another. So to the Jew, he became as a Jew, to the Gentile as a Gentile, that in all cases he might get a lot of people to trust the Lord. So look there in the book of Acts in chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, this is an 
historical account and tells you what had happened and how Paul came to know the Lord. In verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples and the, of the Lord, went unto the high priest. Hmm. Now you know by the time you get to chapter 22 and 23, about 25 years has passed. I believe the guy was still alive. Good possibility, but not sure. But whoever that was at this time, um, was very upset with the Apostle Paul and his testimony. So as you read down through here, you find out that there's a lot of similarities in these other three cases that talks about it in the book of Acts. But there's some things that are just a little bit different. Some things the order is not exactly the same. But it doesn't matter because God is telling Paul, I believe, what to write. I don't believe it's scripture based upon, you know, well, did he remember this or did he get mixed up here? I believe that um, Paul wrote what God wanted him to write. But in the book of Acts, see, Luke is the writer that God used. And I believe that it's not based upon, you know, can I remember? I don't remember. I don't, oh, I got it all messed up. I, I don't think it's along that line. But as you read down through here, he makes this statement. And I want you to see this. Look in verse 13. And Ananias answered, says, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. Because, see, this is not the same Ananias. This is a different one. This is in Damascus. And he says, And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. So the leaders in Jerusalem authorized Paul to do what Paul was doing. In verse 15, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to hear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He's going to suffer for me. And buddy, did he ever. So there's parts of his testimony that you go through here and tells you about what happened and so forth. Uh, look there in chapter 22, Acts in chapter 22. And you'll notice that Paul here is set for the defense. We covered chapter 21 last Wednesday night. And tonight we'll probably be going through chapter 22. Because Paul now says, you know, I'm set for the defense of the gospel. But now he's talking about his defense. Uh, as a lawyer, would, he would defend himself. I have been accused. There's accusations made against me. And Paul wanted to talk. Paul was still wanting to reach the Jewish people. He loved the Jewish people. And he wanted them to know the gospel. And he was willing not only to suffer, but also to die. <laughs> he almost got his wish. I'm not saying he was wishing to die, but he almost got it. So he's talked about how that he was a Jew. See there in verse 3, he spoke to them in the Hebrew tongue in verse 2. Then he says in verse 3, I'm a Jew and I'm uh, someone who sat at the field of Gamaliel right here in this city. And he was looked upon as one of the brilliant teachers of his day. 
And that's mentioned in the book of Acts in chapter 5 and verse 34, talking about Gamaliel. And so he was really looked up to and highly respected. So why does he refer to this man? Because he's in Jerusalem. Everybody knows him. And he taught Paul. So they couldn't say that Paul didn't know the law. Uh, anything about Moses or the traditions, the sacrifice. Paul knew it all. He was highly educated. He was not a dumb dumb. He was not just a run-of-the-mill individual. And then he talks to him about how that in verse 4, I persecuted this way. And several places you'll find I talk about this way, this way, this way. But it said, binding and delivering, and get this, into prison, both men and women. In verse 5, he says, excuse me, in verse 4, and I persecuted this way unto the death. Paul. In verse 5, and also the high priest doth bear me witness, and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them, which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. So, he's speaking to the Jewish people, and he's saying a little bit more than what he said uh, before, and exactly some of the things that were left out in other incidences, and making us known here. I want you to know that he also refers to the time in verse 19. And I said, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believe on thee. This is what Paul said. Every synagogue, I beat them. I caused some to be dead. And then he refers to a time years before he trusted the Lord. Verse 20, and when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And whenever he had given his testimony, do you know, he had kept them on the edge of their seat in pens and needles. They listened to every word, no interruption, until, until, verse 21. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentile. Now, if you talk about somebody who was bigoted, prejudiced, racial, the Jewish people were. They looked upon the Gentiles as dogs. They did. I, I ain't making that up. They have reaped what they have sown. It's amazing why, I guess, when God says there is no difference, there is no difference. We're all the same. Pinionated, hard-headed, stiff-necked. <laughs> but he says in verse 22, And they gave him audience unto this word, and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And guess what they wanted to do to him? Well, once again, they wanted to kill him. So as you go through here and you read some of these things, it's, it's very interesting. But it's even better when you have a little bit of a, a perspective on what's going on and the audience that he's talking to. And when Paul makes a statement in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 9, you know, why he does what he does. 
that he could, by all means, get people to trust Christ as their Savior. Now, take your Bible. Turn over there to the book of Philippians. Well, let's look at now the book of um, Acts chapter 26, first of all. Acts 26. I want you to see this right quick. Acts 26. And you'll notice here in chapter 26 and verse 1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa. Now he says King Agrippa here in verse 2. Down in verse 13, King Agrippa. And then he says it again over there in verse 19, whereupon, O King Agrippa. And then he says it down in verse 27, O King Agrippa. And then in verse 28, then Agrippa said unto Paul, well, we know who's done most of the talking. Paul did a lot of talking. He was well versed in what responsibilities were as a citizen of Rome. He was a freeborn. Means that probably his dad or someone before him had bought their freedom, and he was born as a freeborn. He didn't have to buy his. You'll see why when we get into these some of these studies. But here in the book of Acts, he has to go through again his testimony. But he always lays the foundation. And laying that foundation leading up to his testimony is always very educational because he gives you a, a lot of things to understand, to reason, uh, why he does what he does, and uh, why there's certain things that he puts into the, the, his defense. Uh, this also shows you that there's times when you as a Christian may have to defend yourself. I don't like having to defend myself. I like to state what I'm going to do and believe and so forth, and so what? And I don't like defending myself. I guess most of us don't like somebody challenging us either, do we? We don't like anybody trying to, you know, pin you into a corner and prove that. And, but sometimes we just, we like arguments anyway. But notice what he says in verse 16. But rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Now, this is similar to what we've read before in other situations. But no, there's something just a little bit different. He says, For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen. Now, he doesn't really go into much here about, you know, what the chief priests and all of them had said that he was supposed to do. And about going to Damascus. He doesn't get into all of that stuff. But he is talking about some things that would relate to King Agrippa. And he makes a statement here. He says in verse 17. Delivering thee from the people and from the. And there's a word you ought to underline it. Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. To open their eyes. To turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Do you think he knows by now how to give the gospel in the midst of a defense? Have you ever had somebody ask you to pray for the food and you prayed the gospel? <laughs> I've done it a lot of times. 
And so you'd be surprised how much you can accomplish in a prayer. And so uh, maybe that's why they don't ask you to pray. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody, you know, going to pray for the food and they pray for all the missionaries? You can either pray for the missionaries or for the food, but don't do both at the same time. And, uh, I mean, we're going to pray for food. I pray for the food. I like food while it's hot. I really do. I, I think God appreciates that. So um, now somebody could say, you know, the preacher's against praying for missionaries. <laughs> and you know that's exactly what I said. But he makes a good statement here in the verse 18. He's preaching the gospel. Now, do we find all of that in verse 18? In all those other times he gave his testimony? See, there's a lot was said and done that's not recorded. But only certain things recorded. When you read the gospel of John, you will find that there are many things, the Bible says, that happened that are not written in this book. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that by believing, you may have life through his name. So the ones that were chosen to be in the book of John... It was so that people would believe, and choice ones were chosen. God doesn't tell us everything that happened. And it's not always that important about sometimes the, the sequence of everything. I've told my testimony so many times, uh, you probably get confused about, now, he did what, when? Well, last time I heard it was a little bit different. Did you know after 50 years, you can forget a few things? Sometimes I think things have happened in my life, and then I think, I don't know if that really happened or not. Sometimes my recollection of things that happened years and years ago is totally opposite from Betty's. It's not exactly the thing. She was telling me the other day some of the things that happened, and I have no recollection of that. And then after she talks to her like that, yeah, yeah, now I remember. Now I remember. But, I, you know, it's not always right there. But look what he says. In verse 19, he says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto this heavenly vision. Then he goes on down here and he makes some statements about, in verse 23, that Christ should suffer, that he should be first, that should rise from the dead, show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. See, it makes a difference, the audience he's talking to. So whenever you and I are supposed to give our testimony, it's good to have a testimony because it's yours and it's real. You ought to learn how to give your testimony a minute, three minutes, ten minutes, or for an hour if you have to. And learn how to weave the gospel in so it's clear. I'll bet you if you recall when you listened to Hank Linson when he ever gave his testimony, he'd always find a way. You always weave the gospel in and out throughout the whole thing. You're all three or four times in a, in a three-minute span. <laughs> but you, you do it because you know all you're doing is planting seeds. You're planting seeds. You're planting seeds. So you just keep on doing that. So down here in verse 27, he says, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know thou believest uh, you know, about what the prophets have said. But he said, almost, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. Now, whether he ever did or not, I don't know. Now, take your Bible and turn all the way over there to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy and chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 
interesting portion of Scripture here because Paul is giving to you and I a little bit about what he was really like. Here he says about how bad he was. And you know whenever he talks about how bad he was, he also has it in light of the, not the gospel, but the law. You see what he says here? And uh, just look at this in verse 7. Desiring to be teachers of the law. Understanding neither what they say, nor whereof they affirm. In other words, there's people who teach the law and ain't got a clue what it's talking about. You know, anybody who tells you you've got to keep the law to go to heaven, they haven't got a clue what salvation is about. Or they wouldn't say something so stupid. That shows their ignorance. It means you don't really know what you're talking about. Verse 8, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. In other words, for the purpose. By the law is the knowledge of sin. In verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. The law was made not for the righteous, but for the unrighteous man. A man who has a sinful nature. is The man with a sinful nature is the only one that needs the law. Because a man without a sinful nature don't need law. Why? Because he's a righteous man. And that's the new birth. But when you're born into this world, you're born with a sinful nature. And therefore the law is used to show you how sinful you are. So he says, but it's for the lawless and the disobedient, for the ungodly, and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers. Uh, man, that, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Whoremongers and all that kind of stuff down to there. Verse 11, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So God had given to him a glorious message, the wonderful gospel. And it's the only hope for mankind. And then he says, I thank God. Now it's getting a little personal. Our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who was before, the, this is what I am now. I'm in the ministry because I'm faithful. But before, he said, this is what I was. He says, who was before a blasphemer? a persecutor, an injurious, which means hurtful to the rights of other people. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. In other words, God could have taken me home. God could have killed me, and home wouldn't have been heaven. He could have took me out of this life because I deserved to die. But God was merciful to me. And verse 14 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceeding abundant. See, grace, mercy means you didn't get what you deserve, but grace means you're going to get something. You're going to get something you don't deserve. So he says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is the faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptations. means worthy for everybody to accept. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. You think you're bad? He said, I was really bad. Look what I've done. Look how bad I am. So Paul is letting us know how sinful he was. Why is he doing that? Because, remember, I am all things to all men that I might by all means save some. He don't want people 
lifting Paul up on some pedestal. I just want you to know it was by the grace of God that I am what I am. How be it in verse 16? For this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. He was always about the gospels, always about souls, wanting people to trust Christ as Savior. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me